Hey guys, it's Melissa here from MelissaOatman.com. Welcome to Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness, a daily podcast devoted to spirituality and self-help. If you're new, I want to welcome you. If you're returning, welcome back. I'm very excited today because I have a very special guest with me. I have Miss Carrie Hummingbird with me. She is a soul guide, channel love, and an embodiment of White Eagle, an ascended master who specializes in rainbow light activation of human DNA. She served as a social activist leader and a philanthropist for over three decades. She's the founder of Skills Not Pills movement, and she is the host of the podcast, The Soul Nectar Show. Ms. Hummingbird inspires people to lead their lives wide awake with an authenticity, passion, and purpose that positively impacts others. She catalyzes mind shifts that transform life challenges into gifts of wisdom with her Reinvent Yourself programs for individual and group mentoring. She is the international best-selling author of The Second Wave, Transcending the Human Drama, and the award-winning best-selling book, Awakening to Me, One Woman's Journey to Self-Love, which describes the early years of her spiritual awakening. I am so excited to have you here. Your bio is incredible. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Melissa. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm excited to be here and excited to have a conversation with everybody in your audience. Yes, I'm so excited to have you here because so you talk about the second wave and many of my audience listeners are light workers and they are healers. So this is very exciting to me because I just recorded a podcast the other day about um, the energy shift that's going on and what people might be feeling. So I would love for you to talk to us more about this second wave. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, uh, about a year ago, I got the tap on the shoulder. Hey, you're going to write a new book this year. And I said, well, what book am I writing? And the answer was, you're writing the second wave. I said, well, what is that? I don't even know what that is. And then I was reminded, oh, yes, you do. Uh, remember, you saw this video from Dolores Cannon uh, that was uh, made uh, several years ago where she talks about the three waves of volunteers. And so I went and looked it up, and there, there it was. So Dolores Cannon has been in the, uh, this inquiry, and she actually passed away a couple years ago, but she was in the inquiry for like, you know, decades. And she developed a, a hypnosis technique that's called quantum hypnosis healing technique. QHHT for short. And in this technique, she's able to go down to the soul level of a person, this, what she calls the subconscious, but actually it's the soul level consciousness, and actually interact and ask questions and get answers from this aspect of you while you're in hypnosis. So you can give your questions in advance kind of thing and then get answers. This is a cool process. Well, she invented this process and she has been training people in it, but she actually interviewed like like I think like a thousand people, like some amazing number of people in this process. And she, um, she basically discovered that they were starting to say things like, well, I'm part of the first wave. I'm part of the second wave. And she got curious, well, what is that? So she started interviewing, asking people, are you one of these, like, are you part of the first wave? Are you part of the second wave? And she kind of started, you know, collecting sort of attributes of these people's lives. So the second, the first wave would be people that came in maybe like in the 60s and, and they were, you know, really radical and creating lots and lots of change. As you notice, like the 60s were just a blossoming in Western culture of like a huge number of changes in consciousness and human rights and all of this. And those were first wave people. First wave people came in and did that work. They paved the way. They, they did the hard, the really hard work of like 
in super entrenched patterns of suffering and human drama came in and, and paved a way for something new. And uh, we are now the second wave. So the second wave are people who grew up with that mentality, right? Like we, we were fostered in our early lives with that kind of like explosion of like, wow, this is totally new. To us, it was not new. It was like the thing, right? We were just conditioned with new ways of thinking about things. And, and now we are building on that momentum by um, bringing this, these teachings even deeper out there into the world for even a more radical change. So the second wave people have typically had super challenging lives up until now, like really difficult family members or, you know, just like difficult life circumstances, stuff you had to deal with as just you think, man, how much more can a person take? Like these kinds of challenging things that actually inner propelled you toward a path of personal growth. Like you just felt like I have to do something about this. I cannot sit idle. I must, I must change. I must learn. I must grow. I must transform. Like that drive to transform is just overpowering and then became a healer, right? Became a healer or some other modality of, of transformation then you're probably the second wave. And if you've been hearing this message for like maybe the last three years that says, the time is now, the time is now, now is the time, you know, with a sense of urgency, then you're also part of the second wave. <laughs> that, I love that you're talking about that. I think you've described probably a lot of people in my audience because mm -hmm. people tell me that all the time. They will write to me and say, you know, I had this very tragic event happened to me and it sort of was a catalyst for me to really go within and well for me it was there has to be more to life than just this I feel like I'm on this hamster wheel and I have to get off there's there's got to be more to it than this and that's when I went into the whole spiritual transformation and realized you're supposed to be a healer you're supposed to be doing this healing work and so that totally resonates with me of being the second wave coming in so I love that you say that. Yeah, it's a powerful thing. And, and it's something you just kind of, the thing I love about this book is that I channeled it. So I wanted to say like I channeled the book and that means that essentially I sat, um, I got, you know, quiet and meditative. I sat and I just typed without looking at the words. Like I just sort of in my way of hearing heard the words, which doesn't sound auditory. It's just more like a sensing of the words that are being delivered to me. And then a translation of like what the word is and the energy that I'm feeling and then translating that into a words on a paper. So I just translated the words and, and then I would like double check everything with my pendulum after I was done. Like, is that the correct sentence? Did I get that right? And so it was a tedious process, but you know, not as tedious as some other people go through who do channeling. So, um, yeah, so that, as people read the book, the book, what I've learned is the book is actually a set of realizations, which are actually remembrances of what you already know. So some part of you already knows it's true. And then when you hear it, you realize it, you remember it. And then it's an activation within you for what you actually know and who you really are. And so the book is meant to affirm to you the things that have already been going through your consciousness at a deeper level or like these, they, these ideas rise up and you have this epiphany and then it submerges back again under the surface because it's not being confirmed by your environment. So this is, um, a lot of people are experiencing relief when they read this book. They're like, I knew that, or I felt that, or yeah, those kind of things are happening. That's awesome because I know that we talk about a lot, many of us were raised in very traditional religions where 
a lot of the, the beliefs really did not resonate with us. And it's like, when you hear the truth, your soul just knows that's the truth. That other thing wasn't the truth. This is the truth. And I love how you say that their environments didn't allow them to recognize the truth. So it gets buried down again. I think that is absolutely an interesting way to put it. And so very true that people, the people around us, those negative people who say, you know, no, no, those limiting beliefs, no, you can't have everything you want. No, you, you can't talk directly to God. No, you can't do this. And that's what we're ingrained to believe. And, and when you hear the truth, as you said, you just feel it. You know that that's the truth. I love that you've mentioned that. And so, yeah, and there's the yeah. pressure to conform, you know, so yeah. this entire human framework is stuck and locked in all this trauma and suffering because of karma, obviously, because, you know, we just keep perpetuating the anger, the resentment or whatever, the wrong that was done. And then I do another wrong to you. And then, you know, we just keep going and going and going because we don't forgive it or release it. And also because of conformity. So there's a big pressure in the human, I don't know, set up to like conform to each other and then in the in the conforming to each other to make a us versus them paradigm like it's us and then the those other people over there are terrible <laughs> like so so it's really hard when you're in a family unit and you're the one that is awakening to something new that is not an understanding of anybody else in the family unit. So there's no confirmation of the things you're awakening to, which puts you in that very awkward position of being a person with a different perspective and thereby not conforming anymore to the group dynamic of your family or your community or wherever, you know, whatever the group is. And then you become the black sheep or the, I like to call it the rainbow sheep because <laughs> then you go and find your other rainbow sheep, you know, but then the danger there is that, you know, cause it feels really good to find people like you. Like if, like we've, we've had conversations where, you know, it feels really good to, okay, this person's like home. I can talk freely to this person. They understand me. I don't have to explain so many things. It's not so difficult, but even that is a confirmation bias. So I just want to say to all the healers that are listening, even that's a confirmation bias. And so as healers, I really believe it's um, part of our job is to be super mindful about our own confirmation biases and our own tendencies toward this human dynamic of wanting to create a group and then create an us versus them and then say they're awful. <laughs> you know, so yeah. you got to be careful of that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think that's so profound because uh, I, you know, we talk about people not being on your level, not awakening. And that doesn't mean that you can't be around those people or can't love those people or can't be a part of their lives. It's, I, to me, it's just a fine, it's like a dance, you know? You have to, you still have to have a partner and you don't wanna be dancing alone, um, but you may prefer to be more with your soul tribe because they understand you, but that doesn't mean that you have to totally abandon your biological family or your friends who haven't awakened yet. Because I really truly believe everyone is on the path to eventually awaken. We're just at different points and different 
timelines, so they may not be on the same level as you right now. And it doesn't mean that you're better than anyone else. You're just at a different place, I think. I think that's the main thing. A different, a different understanding. Yeah. Yeah. The, you know, and there's different ways that we can look at what the Native American people call the coyotes in our life. You know, so coyotes are mischief makers. Coyotes are the ones that, you know, that provoke us and trigger us and, and cause mischief to kind of, you know, upset the apple cart. And, and they get in there with our hens and they, you know, they steal our eggs and all this kind of stuff, right? So they behave badly and they make us angry, you know? So these coyotes though, they are mm, like your pathway to being you and your highest ascension. Would that have happened if it wasn't for the coyotes? So this is really the question we got to ask ourselves. And, you know, I'll just, I'll vulnerably share, you know, that um, part of my journey has been to embrace my own self-love through a journey of having a parent, a mother, who, uh, who's very human design, because I, I, this is a really interesting thing, is when you have a real big conflict with somebody, go look up their human design chart and yours and see where, you'll see how perfectly matched it is. So in my case, my mom is super critical and argumentative and, you know, she expresses herself very um, emotionally and with anger, you know, it's one of those expressions she has. And I also have anger in my chart, which provokes me because I have judgments now about anger because my mom expressing anger and the way I didn't like receiving anger. And so now I've got judgments about anger and then anger's in my chart is part of my emotions I'm healing. So you can see how like this dynamic, it's like, was it against me or was it for me? And was it life happening through me in like the most imperfectly perfect way of creating the, you know, the exact like uh, forces that I needed to become the diamond that I already am. I'm already that diamond in some other place, in some other aspect, some other dimension. I'm perfect. I'm perfectly whole. And I've chosen to be this expression now to learn how to get back to myself. So, you know, this is where like gene keys and human design charts and all of that are really useful for seeing the cosmic setup of your life. Like, <laughs> so you can embrace these people and say, oh my gosh, you are my perfect teacher to help me to face the fact of confrontation and anger and all these things that my being needs to contend with in order to become the leader I need to be to do the work I need to do in the world. Thank you. You did a great job being my villain. Yeah. So yeah, you and I have talked about this before, but I've said this and I say this all the time that we, people who are healers and who are ascending, I think we go through more crap in the early part of our lives because it's what really makes us who we are and helps us to be the healers that we are. And, you know, when people come to us and say, I'm going through this, well, if we hadn't gone through it ourselves or something similar, I think it would be hard to say, oh yeah, I know how to help you. But because we've been through all of that, I think it helps us in our role as a healer. I don't know if you agree with that. But. I do actually. And I've actually, there is this, I can't remember who it was. I had a conversation. I've had so many conversations, but one person I had a conversation with was talking about how actually um, the path to being a Hayoka or a healer is to have early childhood trauma because what that does is it partitions off the innocent aspect of you. It like it partitions it off. It's like a soul segment 
that goes, okay, over here. And then you live your life in darkness for a while without that innocence. And you go through this huge process of, you know, facing a lot of tough stuff on the human dimension that's really painful, the human drama. But then at some point, you have this potential, and not everybody gets there, but at some point you have this potential to wake up and reclaim the innocence intact, fully, that was partitioned off from childhood. And you can reclaim that inner child fully intact, bam. And now you're like this walking, you know, what some people would call Pollyanna, because <laughs> you're like, life is beautiful. You know, like a little kid, like you can totally access that little, that perfect little innocent child aspect. That's like, this is beautiful. The whole thing is gorgeous. I love this. I'm so happy to be alive. Like you can, you can reclaim that in its entirety. And it's, and that's a huge gift to the world to have an adult with a child access to the inner child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you so much. Um, you know, we talk a lot about what you focus on grows. So if you focus on the negative aspects of your life and all of the trauma and all of the bad things that have happened, like that's not going to help you, but trying to change that mindset into one that focuses on the blessings, on the positive things in your life to cultivate gratitude. That's really what is super helpful. Now, I think it's interesting what you're talking about the, um, the, do you call it the gene codes? Yeah, gene keys. Gene keys is one modality. Another modality is the human design chart. That's really interesting. That's something I'm going to have to dive more deeply into. because It's I fascinating. Think, yeah, it sounds like it. But <laughs> no, the I point have... is it's a self-discovery. It's, it's yes. really to understand your innate design. So astrology is one way to come at this. Like what's your astrology reading? Like, these are just ways to understand that you came into this world as an innate design, a template that had certain parameters that you chose as a soul to explore in this incarnation. And not only that, you came in, you know, with that soul level um, innate design. And you also came in with an ancestry. You chose to be in a certain physical bodied ancestry that has its own lineage of trauma and suffering and like... All of that you chose to contend with, you chose to be a part of this lineage, you chose to, you know, embody it, feel it, all the unprocessed suffering of your ancestors, you know, is also part of your equation. It's like, this is such a complex puzzle. And I think this is why we do it as souls is because it's so interesting to us to be in separation from the whole and to find our way back to that feeling of you know, um, wholeness and love and completeness and, and just the unity of the whole diversity of our being. Like this is a very exciting process. And when you're in the middle of it, especially in the process where you're super separated, it doesn't feel great. It feels like crap. Yeah. And I, I think it's so funny that you're talking to about choosing because I've had a discussion with a couple of listeners of my podcast because I would tell them, We chose to go through these difficult experiences. We chose these families to help us learn and grow and to become who we're supposed to become. And the argument I got was, well, why would I have chosen that? Why would I have chosen this? And I tell them all the time, I say, I understand that completely because that sounds like a very stupid thing to do, or why would you even attempt this? But I like to use the example of when you go to college 
you're just this naive, I'm so excited about college and you look at all of the courses and you think, that sounds so interesting. I love that. I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that. And then you have a full course load and then you get to your classes and you think to yourself, this is not at all what I thought this was going to be. Why did this I take hard. this course? <laughs> Why did I do this to myself? So I love that you said that, that we choose because I believe that too. I believe we choose our circumstances, even though in the process of going through it here, we're questioning why would we choose this and why is this happening to me? In reality, it's that it's happening for us to really teach us a lesson to help us grow and become our fully enlightened versions of ourselves. You know, I'll speak to the naysayers for just a moment on that, though, the ones that are still having trouble with that concept. It doesn't actually matter if it's true or not. It's, that really doesn't matter. What it offers is a new way, a new lens for seeing your life that puts you in a place of empowerment. Actually, what it does is it takes you out of the space of being a victim to your life circumstances from which, you know, from the victim corner of life, we cannot do anything. We are, we feel that life itself our perpetrators, everything has power over us and is just happening to us. And there's just, you know, we just have no recourse. And so, you know, from that point of view, your life will just continue exactly as it has been. And it probably isn't to your liking. So this shift in perspective, whether or not it's true and it's provable or whatever, it doesn't really matter. If you take it on and you actually embrace it and start living from this perspective, the interesting thing that happens is you feel empowered. Like you might argue with yourself. Like you might say, soul, why in the heck did you make me do this? I hate this experience. And I've had many conversations with, with my soul aspect that I call white Eagle. I've had many conversations like, why did you put me in this role? How come I have to experience all the pain and you get off scot-free? You're eternal and blissful. This isn't fair. You know, I have lots of conversations like that. <laughs> and in the end of the day, I, I just go, wow, like, like the more that white ego comes into me, the more I have these moments and, and always on these broadcasts, I feel the energy present and it's in me and it's expanding and it just feels great. Cause you know, white ego doesn't miss, miss any of these broadcasts. He's like, I'm there, you know, I always feel his love. I feel the love of my soul. I feel the love of that aspect of me infiltrating my body and just like surrounding me and just you know, just kissing me all over. and like, I love you, Carrie Hummingbird. Like, thank you for being my perfect expression this time. I just go, wow. Okay. Like, this is cool. I get to feel that. And I get to feel the pain of separation. I get to feel that. And I get to feel, you know, I'm the one that's actually feet on the street, on the ground, you know, the, the personality that's doing the work. So I can operate from both spaces. So this modality of thinking gives you that flexibility to be in both spaces and being in both spaces is wonderful. If you just take the other modality, then while well, you're just in the one space of pain and that that's not a very fun existence. Yeah. I love that you said that it's an empowerment and it is, you're absolutely right. That does. When you think about it, not as this is all happening to me and I can't believe this is happening and living in that victim mentality which doesn't do anything positive and it doesn't help you learning to take control of your life and saying well okay I chose this 
So there has to be a reason I chose this. What is the reason? What is teaching me? How can this make me better? So I absolutely love that. I think that that's what this is all about is really just learning how to take what we're given and making the most out of it and learning the most from it. Because life, as you said, in those dark moments, kind of sucky sometimes. And we have to learn how to not allow that to really affect us long term. You know, everyone has those moments where they have that dark space and they just don't feel well. The last few days I've been telling my audience, I have just been completely drained energetically and I've had to actively do things to get my energy back up and to get myself back into a mental space of where I feel good. And I think part of it is feeling other people's energy. And so I think people need to realize that it's not always rainbows and sunshine. We wish it could be. You're going to have those dark moments, but it's how do you choose to let those dark moments affect you? Is that yeah, going to be this is so important. What a good conversation. Um, I've also been noticing, I, I think all of us are noticing it. I can't imagine any person on earth doesn't know, even the ones that say they're, they don't feel anything. Yeah. We're all noticing any five minutes on social media will reveal it that there's just a lot going on in the space. There's a lot of conflict. There's a lot of polarity. There's a lot of shadow being revealed. There's a lot of emotional energy in the space on earth. There's anger, there's resentment, there's fear, there's grief. There's just so much going on. And um, we're polarized, you know, on almost every issue, most, most people. So, you know, this is a realization of a couple of things. This is a really profound realization I got the other day from a, a good friend of mine, which is, you know, consider which, which, you know, look at your personal history. Have you had childhood trauma? Because if you've had childhood trauma, consider the possibility that part of that childhood trauma, especially if you're extremely empathic, trained you to go outside of yourself with your feelers to go like anticipate potential danger with your feeling sense because of the unpredictability of the environment or the unpredictability of what was going on. Consider the sense that you just have like really strong empathic muscles that everybody has access to this, but you happen to exercise them at the gym of empathy like every single day out of a point of survival. So now take that really super strong empathic sense and put it out there in a platform like social media and where you're picking up on everyone's feelings and then feeling like you want to help because you're a healer, right? There could be some boundary crossing here. Like there could be some sort of taking on more than really yours to process. So now I'll share a little story from White Eagle. He gave me one morning when I was waking up. So I get these, you know, insights as I'm waking up because I'm, I'm open then, the most open when I'm just kind of lying there going, okay, what do you want to tell me today, White Eagle? And I saw this vision and there was this, uh, this person walking through a meadow. And then I noticed that the person was walking through the meadow with a big sack on his back, like a huge sack. And I was like, wow, that's a big sack. And then I noticed the sack was wriggling. I thought, well, why is the sack wriggling? And I went up closer and I looked and the sack was filled with sheep. And then I heard White Eagle say, sheep can walk. 
So many times as healers, we feel like we've got to carry the weight of the world on our shoulders, that we've got to carry all these people. Like we innately know we're here to serve a certain segment of the population. And we're tuned into that population. And we're like really being mindful of our flock. Except we might take on more than we need to take on. We might think we need to carry those people. Like we've got to like spy on them and make sure they're doing okay. <laughs> like all kinds of boundary crossing. When really all we need to do is be available with the love in our hearts. All we need to do is be available, open, radiating love, present, listening. And then everything we witness out there in the world that's super uncomfortable transmute that back to love within yourself like take that whatever process you have for transmuting it back to love and transmute it back to love you know don't deny it don't repress it don't say it's bad don't shame it just go wow there's a bunch of stuff going on there's a lot of hostility i'm feeling hostile now okay i'm going to go in my body process my hostility and transmute that back to love and gratitude you know and then you're doing it on the behalf of the collective that you serve. So that's, I think that's a pretty good explanation of the process I'm now using, that I've been using for a little while now, because I noticed the same thing in myself. I wanted to carry all the sheep. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that example. And I love the advice of transmuting it because when they do that in a way, they are helping the collective still. And that is just perfectly put, we are definitely, we're seeing so many things in the media right now and in our world with the pandemic, with just the recent news that we've seen, things going on, it's very upsetting. And it would be very easy for someone, especially who's empathic, to take on the feelings that those stories invoke and even reading the social media posts, the feelings others are putting out there and I tell people all the time, you have to take a step back sometimes. I personally just kind of check in with the news. I don't watch the news on a regular basis because I am so, I get upset and drained and all of these emotions as I watch it because, you know, of course, they want to give you compelling stories that play on your fears and play on your other emotions because that's what sells. But for an empath, that is the most toxic thing sometimes because we haven't learned not to take on all of those emotions that we feel. Yeah, and because, um, you know, think about it. The wounded healer is an aspect in astrology that can totally be in your chart, you know? So that's an aspect. It's in my chart. And when you have that in your chart, that means you're, you're designed to... Um, you know, process wounds, like your design, that's what you're here for. And so you can make yourself kind of crazy by um, judging yourself for taking on too much, right? Like you can kind of judge yourself for it because, oh, I shouldn't be doing that. Well, if you're designed for it, then you're just designed for it, period. But you can learn to manage it in a different way. You can, you can learn to um, take care of yourself in a different way around it. So having really clear boundaries um, is a very huge part of being a healer. Um, having those clear boundaries to know like what's mine and what's theirs. How do I, how do I serve in this scenario? Um, you know, what's the best way and the highest way for me to serve? Because sometimes the best way and the highest way to serve somebody you love, even like in your family is to let them go through their hard knocks and just be present with compassion. 
And that's really hard sometimes for healers because we're so nuanced and sensitive. We can really feel the other person's pain. And then the invitation is to realize if you, sometimes if you want to help people, it's because you're uncomfortable with their pain. Mm-hmm. And that's your work to do because that pain might be exactly what they need to get to the next place on their journey. Yeah. I love that you said that because my, I've just experienced that myself you know, my children, their father passed away in February and that was the hardest thing. One of the hardest things for me to go through is watching them process that death and deal with all of the emotions and everything they were going through and to not try to want to get in there and fix it. Because as, you know, moms and then being a healer on top of that, we think our job is to fix everything for our kids or to want to make it better. And I knew that this was their journey to experience and that I I can be there for them, but I can't make the pain go away. I can't change anything about it. I just have to be there and be an ear for them when they need it and to help guide them. But really they're the ones who have to move through the grieving process on their own. So I think that that's an interesting thing that you said, because I think a lot of us want to fix things. We want to fix everybody. And we have to realize what you said. That's not always our job. Sometimes our job is just to hold space for that person and, and to be there. And there might not be anything to fix. Like if you think about what I was saying earlier, the download I got uh, shared earlier is that everything is perfectly imperfect. So that pain that your child's going through right now, if you could hold space for that, for them to process their own pain, that could actually lead to be the catalyst for something new in their life that's like aligned with their sole purpose. But if you try to like get in the middle of it, you could actually interfere with them being aligned correctly for their soul path. So you want to, you know, be really sensitive, mindful, and careful about how you, you know, how you interact with your children and how you interact with the people close to you. And it's a lot of discernment. I have to say like boundaries and discernment, boundaries and discernment. It's a huge amount and you don't have to be perfect, right? Like it's perfectly imperfect. So everything that's presented to you in your life is a stepping stone toward more, more discernment, more um, integrity, more alignment, more refinement. Everything is stepping you, stepping you, stepping you, stepping you, stepping you toward the, the eventual place that your soul is desiring to, to lead you to. So it's all perfectly imperfect there. You can't do it wrong. That's what I'm saying. Like, yes. you can't do it wrong. Yes. That's what I always, it's, you know, it's like good destination. There are multiple ways to get there. And sometimes we choose the easy way and sometimes we don't. And I think that when we choose a way that doesn't seem as simple it's because we had experiences to go through and lessons to learn along that way. So I always tell my viewers to, or my listeners to always, you know, don't fear making decisions because you can't make a wrong choice. The only wrong choice you can make is to just not move and to stay stuck where you are because you're afraid to make a decision. Part of our process is, you know, when you make a decision and this happens, what do you do next? It's all, it's all learning. And I don't think anyone should ever fear that. So I love that you say that too. 
Those yeah, I think that's, I know it's just, it's such a complex time to be a human, to be a healer, to be a mother, to be alive. Um, yeah, it's powerful stuff we're going through right now. So have some space and grace for yourself, you know? I love that. And what advice would you give to anyone who might be going through this pandemic and seeing everything that's going on and are really starting to feel anxious and fearful about everything. Yeah, we'll realize that that anxiety and that fearfulness could very well be the inner child that that's inside of you, the the wound, the core wound that's being triggered again. Like like if it was really really super unsafe for you as a child, you might be now witnessing how very very unsafe it is as in our current time and being really scared by that. And who's scared inside of you? Your inner child. So, and the adult in you might be scared, like if you're getting yelled at in a store or something, you know, like you have a direct thing, but otherwise it's made up stories, right? It's like perceiving things and then making up stories and being afraid about things. That's usually the wounded child inside. It's the, you know, the aspects of you that have gone through some trauma. So just, you know, I recommend being aware and asking yourself the question, okay, who's, who's speaking? Like who's fear, who is afraid of me? Is this me? Which aspect of me? What aspect of me is afraid? And doing the discernment work to figure out, like, what's the aspect of me that's, that's generating all this fear right now? And then deal with that part. So you would deal with um, a four-year-old inside of you that's afraid really differently than you would deal with a 20-year-old inside of you that's reacting, right? So you had to have a level of discernment to know what, what version of you, what age is inside upset, crying, fearful, angry. And then have a conversation, an inner dialogue between your, you know, your three parts, really, your soul, your adult that you are right now, and the aspect of you within that's having the challenge. So it's a sort of like a three-way integration conversation. So we want to witness the feelings. We don't want to ever invalidate it. Just like a four-year-old's crying, you wouldn't say, stop crying. I know that's been the way it has been on earth for now, but... Yeah. But those of us who are conscious, if a four-year-old's crying, we acknowledge the fear. We acknowledge the crying. We acknowledge the wound. And then we, we have a conversation with them. We comfort them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So absolutely. you do that with yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that's really good advice. I've talked about before how you, you need to even write a letter to that version of yourself. And the journaling work is always really, really good when it comes to doing that inner child work. So I love that. So I want to thank you for being here with us today. Um, if anyone wants to follow you or to work with you, how can they do that? Well, I'm on all the platforms, all the social media is Carrie Hummingbird, K-E-R-R-I Hummingbird. And my website is K-E-R-R-I Hummingbird.com. So you can find me there and you can find access to the uh, second wave book and Awakening to Me and my other books are up there. You can access them on Amazon. Um, and I have a podcast, which I interviewed Melissa on, be coming out soon, uh, soul nectar show. Uh, so that's all accessible from my website. And I also offer a free game. So I've got a free download for your listeners, uh, for everybody awesome. out there. It's called the love mastery game. And it's a, it's a Oracle game, but it's not like an Oracle game. To tell you what's going to happen. It's more an Oracle game to tell you why it's happening. <laughs> like, oh, I love that though. <laughs> Why, what am I learning? So there's like 
principles of being, mastery states of being that we're working on mastery. And then there's, you know, principles of love, you know, that we're mastering. And so these are included in the game. And if you get like a 12 sided die is super fun because you can roll the dice and actually like, just like play the game, just kind of more fun. And it teaches you about earth allies. So we're on earth, right? Like we're in earth school. We're not on like, you know, Saturn or some other planet we're on earth. So might as well deal with Like might as well ask for help from the allies we have on earth. So we've got mountain spirits, we've got plant spirits, we've got all kinds of teachers on this plane of existence. And so this game helps you know, like what, you know, what um, ally on earth would like to help you with your, with your challenge. I love that. That sounds like so much fun. I can't so like playing this myself. <laughs> yeah, I love the game. It's super helpful. That's awesome. So all of your information, including links for all of that will be in the description to the podcast. So my listeners can follow you, listen to your podcast or get a hold of you if they wish to work with you and also order a copy of your, many of your books. You have more than just one. So that's awesome. So thank you again so much for being here with me. This is such a fun conversation. Thanks, Melissa. I really appreciate it. All right, guys. Well, I want to thank you for listening today. As always, if you like this podcast, please subscribe. Please leave me feedback from wherever you're listening. Some reviews on iTunes would be amazing. That helps other people to find me, which helps me and my mission to help as many people heal as possible. I want to thank you so much for being here with me today. Don't forget, you can follow me on social media. I go live on Mondays at 630 Central on Facebook, where I do a free card reading for all of you to give you some messages. And I post videos to IGTV. So follow me. And if you would like to work with me, you can go to my website, melissaoatman.com, where you'll see a list of the services that I offer, as well as a description of what they are. And you can book directly from my website. You can also purchase my new book, Beautifully Broken, from my website as well. Thank you guys so much for being here with me today. I am sending you guys so much love and light. I will talk to you again soon. Bye, guys.